0: Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real-life stories from high-performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and for what seems like you know the first time in a long time, I'm actually here all on my own. So um, today I am going to be talking around pre-selling. So, you know, it's really great when you've got your skills together and you're on a call and everything's going well um, and you know your stuff. But what happens if sales isn't your strongest point? And, you know, that's why most people come to me is because they're like, oh, you know what? I'm not that great at sales. And and one of the things I say to them is actually, you know, help yourself out. um, And, you know, pre-sell your customers, your potential customers before they get on a call with you. And that's what I'm going to be talking around today. But first, I wanted to do a few updates. Now, we've got... Um, quite a lot of activity going on behind the scenes. I'm not back as in working properly. Um, so <laughs> well, not that I don't work properly, but you know I me. Mean. um i'm not I'm not officially back at work, so, um, I think I mentioned I've got, had a few accidental clients and um, that I'm working with, but um but very few, and I'm definitely not promoting myself at the moment. Um, but there's lots of activity going on so that we can really hit the ground running when I do come back um, and get the book going and, and really just, yeah, just get cracking. Um, you know, B3 was my last baby and I'm not going to have any more. Uh, and so, you know, I haven't got that interruption. I haven't got the expectation of that interruption going forwards. Um, it's becoming all about school holidays for me. And so it's all around making sure that, you know, things are up and running and making most of the book funnel and, and I can really get things, um, uh, things cracking, we're with selling without sleeves, um, and do the business justice. You know, it's had to sort of sit and wait for me for a little while. Um, and I want to make sure that we can we can get going and, and make most of it. There's been lots of activity going on behind the scenes. The sales funnel is being created. So that's coming along quite nicely. I've got a meeting or two um, this week in the evenings to go through that, which is very exciting. On that, it will support the book, the book will be the sort of lead element of that funnel and then and that that book itself is going into formatting stage now um so really you know that's then me I've, I've I've chosen a front cover um which is really cool yeah that will be another plus point that um the the front cover is um is good to go for the electronic version so um all I do is go yeah that's that's nice I like this can we try this color can we try that color and and as usual they've been really really patient with me so that's good. the book will be going to formatting at which stage they create all the pages i would actually have to pay extra if i was to change anything and add any more content or take anything out um because obviously it would change the formatting which would totally undo what they're doing so um yeah it's it's quite a nice stage it's kind of setting it in stone though which is a bit scary so that's what's happening there and then the website is nearly is nearly good um it's about 80 85% there so I'm um, just finishing off the last elements. I'm um, really enjoyed working with that team on that. And um, yeah, I may well get Jeremy on at some point uh, to go through um, what he does and the, the the sort of process that you go through and he goes through um, when creating a website. Um, it, it's been really great. Jeremy has been somebody that I've worked with as a client previously. It's been really, really helpful. It's been a really good experience. You know, things have progressed really nicely. As far as my quarter planning is concerned, I am a little bit behind track. It was supposed to be ready for the 14th of February. So it was supposed to be ready for Valentine's Day. Get that romantic. Um, But it is a little bit later than that. But I can see the progress. I can see it's coming along. I'm really happy with it. And so, you know, based on that, that's absolutely fine. So that's it on the update front. So let's get back to the content itself. So what is pre-selling? Pre-selling is basically... Getting somebody in a position where they're already know knowing you, liking you, trusting you, they want to work with you. A pre-sold lead, um, as people say, um, or you know, a, a pre-sold conversation um, with a potential customer is uh, something where. That person is pretty convinced they already want to work with you. So it turns out to be a little bit more of a chat. Now this can lull you into a false sense of security, particularly when you're relying on a brand and you know historical customers making referrals. And just a touch on referrals, you know, that's what you're kind of wanting to achieve. That kind of already bought in, already ready, you know, money's in the in the in the wallet, in the purse, already ready to spend with you. Um obviously metaphorically. That's where you kind of want to get as close to that as possible for your sales calls. Now, I want to sort of pre-frame this with um, a story of Tiger Woods. You know, I'm not going to go into his personal life. Um, What I'm wanting to talk to you about here is um, the golf element. Um, Bear with me. I am not a golfer, so it's not going to get overly detailed. Um, But basically, um, he was a really, really good player. He was the best in the world. But as far as his bunker skills, apparently that is the actual term. Um, but his his ability, basically, to get the ball out of the bunker thing, which is that thing filled with sand, um, was really quite low. He wasn't apparently in the top six. I didn't know you could even be rated for that skill. But anyway, apparently, you know, he wasn't one of the best when it came to that. And But people did notice that he was practicing that and... Um, he was practicing in the bunker to try and get better at it. And, you know, the, the moral of the story that people were using was, well, you know, there's always a weakness. There's always something to work on. But the argument could be, um, and when I was looking into this, because I remember this as a story and wanted to get my facts straight. The the website that I was on, they were saying, actually, you know, when you start to question that is, do you actually want to be focusing and spending time on that weakness or do you want to get miles better at your strength, you know, if you've got that natural ability there, then why not build on that and help yourself out in your weaker areas, for example, going back to golf, you know, rather than working on getting out of the bunker, you can work on the fact that you're only in the bunker, because your last shot failed, okay, you failed in what you were trying to do, which was to get down to the green, and so you ended up in the bunker, then you have to like, you know, Quick yourself out of the bunker. So, the best thing to do is to avoid the bunker. Okay. Now, taking this, bear with me, I'm putting it into a sales context. You've got the fact that, you know, you can be weaker at a sales conversation. You get nervous. You, you know, you feel under pressure. Um, it worries you. It's not your most enjoyable thing, but you love creating content or you love sending emails. Okay. So, why don't you help yourself out? Pre selling is helping yourself out. In that sales situation. So once you get into that sales conversation with somebody or when you get them through to a sales landing page, um, you know, that they're, they're bought in and they're willing to buy. Um, and that is building that no light trust. I'm going to talk to you around what you can do to build that, but let's just look at that in a little bit more, um, detail. So, you know, it's building up the no light trust. Yeah, it's helping people to feel in a position where they're able to make that decision, make that commitment to buy from you. Now, I can't even go near sales and saying the word commitment without mentioning the whole, you know, it's like dating. Yeah. So once you're asking per- somebody for the, the business, once you're asking somebody to part with their money, it's a bit like proposing. Yeah. You need to be in a position where that person is convinced you are the right person for them before you want to propose to them. Okay. Because otherwise, you're going to scare off somebody who, with a little bit more time, with a little bit more experience of understanding what you're like, would have would have accepted, would have agreed, okay? So, you're building up. And talking around referrals, referral is like your best case scenario as far as pre-sell is concerned. Um, I get clients, you know, the, the clients that I've accidentally ended up with recently have come from um, one of them working with me in the past and the other two have come from a referral and that person didn't didn't realize i was off having a baby um and they they referred that person they said to them you know what this is the person you need and both of these people were really pre-sold yeah they were in a position where they were convinced that this is that you know this is what they wanted this is who they wanted to, to work with and they they knew that because um that person they held them in high regard they knew like and trusted them already and so they were in that position that they were they were they were, it was a chat it was just a bit of a conversation now historically we have had clients within the agency who I remember one in particular who had built up their business um under a certain brand they'd they, parted ways with their business partner and they ended up without that no like trust because the brand that they were once working under um was no longer there that meant that when people were ringing up they used to ring up and just go how much is it when can you do it job done okay they were that convinced this was the person for me um it was quite a specialist skill they had and they wanted you know their customer base wanted to know that their you know that 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 service would be in good hands that they would be in good hands by using that person um And the problem was, was that um, when they went and they set up under a new brand, they had none of that historical trust. Okay, they didn't have customers raving about them. They didn't have people saying, yeah, yeah, check out what I've got done. These guys did it for me. It takes time. Yeah, it's like a snowballing effect. And in that meantime, you actually have to go in quite cold. And you have to be letting people know why they should know, like and trust you. So, you know, examples of this Examples of pre-selling are, you know, providing information, providing a case study, examples of of clients um, and and what's happened with clients historically and what you've done for them prior to a call. Okay, so don't have them on the call. Um, Don't waste your time. Don't make it any more difficult than you need to um, until that person is pre-sold, until that person has heard um, how great you are and understood how you can help them. Another thing is content content is a really great way sending out regular consistent messages out onto your chosen platform or platforms um ideally more than two um but you know you're focusing down on where is your ideal customer hanging out and then you're hanging out there too and you're putting messages out consistent messages of what you do what you're passionate about how you do what you do um, will all help them to to understand how to know like trust you another thing to do is to point out to them if you're in an industry which is a little bit seedy um point out to them what they might want to look for what what is a red flag um you know equip them to make an informed decision for themselves um and hopefully, that informed decision be that you know time experience testimonials can be a box that you can personally tick um gets a little bit awkward if you tell them actually you know you shouldn't work with anybody who's got less than you know ten thousand clients behind them and yet you've only got ten yourself um so obviously, you know being realistic um but equipping them so that they can go out there and they can make a decision for themselves um that's really empowering for your customers. And actually, it helps you um, because they can cut across the rubbish. Check me out; didn't swear then. That um, competitors might be saying um, because they'll be able to cut through that with the knowledge you've provided them with, which is a much nicer conversation to have with them when you actually get into a actual conversation with them one on one. You don't have to say, "Well, actually, this person's you know talking out of their bottom." Um, you can. They know that because you've equipped them with the understanding and the ability to see that for themselves. Um, also, you're not then being negative around um, your competitors. You know, you're being positive on the call. You don't have to go down that route of, of um, being negative and putting other people's uh, integrity and messaging under question um another thing to do is emails so constantly emails so i have been ramping up my emails i've been more consistent with them i've got the support there of a team i'm really fortunate and um i've been able to get my emails out um three times a week since i have been doing that i've had three co- people contact me so i've been doing this since january and i've had three people contact me no call to action um other than um one recently which came through a call to action. But the other two were purely because I was showing up more in people's inboxes. They knew what what I was doing. They liked what content I was producing because it's consistent with my message. And that's the thing, guys, is you need to be consistent. You know, this pre-selling is only going to work if you are consistent with your message, you know, the, the message is, the idea is, is to help them know, like trust you and build confidence in you. If what you're putting out is inconsistent, if you're saying one thing and then a couple of weeks later saying another, if, you know, your stories don't add up, if you're not being yourself, if you're, if your messaging is incongruent um, to how you're, you know, behaving and projecting yourself otherwise, um, then that's not going to actually help. It's not going to pre-sell at all. So the key here with pre-selling is consistency. Um, It's consistently turning up with the same message. Um, And if you do change tack, if you do change message, message, then be aware of, you know, why and be aware of that change and explain it. Um, you know, talking through and saying, you know, hey, I've been thinking up until now X actually having looked into this my thought process have actually changed it's evolved and, and things are always evolving people are always evolving don't be frightened of putting your hands up and going you know what that's what I used to think but based on this this is what I'm now beginning to to wander and consider also um, pre-selling people into a higher option so a more expensive option could be using a, a lower price point as an introductory okay yes you can do things for free Um, in return for that person's time and to build that rapport with that person. But you want to keep that limited because, you know, if what you do is of any value, they should be paying for it. People should be paying for it. If they can get something back off it, then why shouldn't there be an exchange there? It's different if you're doing it for testimonials or you're doing it um to to upsell and and to build that um no like trust but you need to be limited with that what you can do is you can put a lower price offer in place so that people can try before they buy they can get that experience they can feel more confident and once somebody's bought from you they're way more likely to buy from you again then you know if it is a higher price uh, offering that doesn't mean that 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 person's going to be put off by it and that they're only interested in the lower price. The lower price was low commitment financially, ideally low price, no low commitment as far as time was concerned. And so they are way more pre-sold. They are way more convinced um, that they want to work with you. Um, And, you know, one thing to sort of consider with this, as I'm sort of uh, wrapping up with pre-selling for this week is to think around nurturing those leads. So, you know, I've got people on my mailing list who've been on my mailing list for a long period of time who are now contacting me, who have now said, yeah, actually, I would like to to, to look at working with you. Yeah, don't underestimate nurturing them. Just because they're not buying from you right now does not mean they're not gonna buy from you in the future. You know, be a normal, decent human being, um, you know, give them the time of day. When people reply to my emails, I reply back, I respond back, you know, people ask, how am I doing? Um, When am I coming back? What's going on? Um, When's the book out? All sorts of questions. And it's really nice to get that interaction. So put that time and effort into that interaction. Nurture that person. Don't just pounce on them and and be proposing straight away. Give them a little bit of time. Let them get to know, like, and trust you. And when they're good and ready, they will buy from you. Okay. The forcing them into making a decision right now is the fastest way. To end up with customers who um, actually then begin to have buyer's remorse, they regret buying from you, and you know, particularly when you're in a service-based scenario, that is not a position you want to be in. You do not want that. So instead, work on on their at their at their pace you know, work to their time scales so that they're comfortable and when they make that decision, they're confident in doing so and they're good to crack on. That's what I want to do with, you know, when I have people come on board. I don't want people coming on board because I've made them feel like they, they didn't have a choice but to come on board um, because they're going to be reluctant. They're going to be a lot of the time we're looking, we're reviewing what they're doing and I'm suggesting changes. They're not going to be receptive to those suggestions of changes if they're they're already annoyed at me um, at the fact that I I forced them into working with them in the first place it'd be like you know again going back to dating but it'd be like forcing somebody to um, go out on a date with you they're not going to be um, overly enthusiastic or the most fun date you've ever had because they don't want to be there so you know allow work at the pace of your customers there's ways that you can help them so what you know what I've mentioned with um, testimonials um, you know, content, um, information on what it's like to work with you, which we call it like, under the hood, information on case studies and, um, hints and tips on what to do. Like I'm giving you now, um, will make people think, you know what, I'll try this. I'll put out more content. I'll send people a case study before they get on the call with me to so the more pre-sold and we'll see where we go from there. If that person's not committed to watching a, um, a, you know, a case study, um you know very you know short you want it short guys um not war and peace but you know a short case study before they get on a call with you um i don't think um you know if they're they're not that into that idea they're probably not going to be um that into um the conversation and and showing up anyway um so you know is it an extra step Mm, i wouldn't go as far as to go don't turn up for your call if you haven't watched it um but i would be definitely be one of the first things that i'd ask them um, and if they hadn't watched it, I would give them top level information so that they then felt confident that um, that they'd got that information and they felt more confident to make the decision, which is what you're progressing to on the call. Um, so, you know, nurture those leads, give them the, the, the resources, the information that they need to know, like and trust you more. They will be more pre-sold. So when you get into that sales call, when you get into that bunker situation, you know, you're helping yourself out. You don't have to have the most amazing sales skills to make that sale. Yeah, you've all seen products which have gone really, really well, despite the the person who's representing them. And it's because the product is so strong. Um, If that product is strong, if you've allowed that product to be strong by popping that information out in front of that ideal customer and equipping them to feel confident to buy from you, you're going to be in a much, much better position. Homework, guys, what I would like you to do is to go away and think about how you might be able to get people that little bit more pre-sold. How are you going to convince people that little bit more, yeah, just one more step closer to buying from you? What step can can you provide? What information can you provide to enable them to make that step so that when you get them on that call, it's that little bit easier? Well, thanks for listening for today, guys. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. And I will speak to you again next time. Until then, happy selling. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.